All right, hey, everybody, Scoots here, and uh, this is a different kind of episode, and like totally, totally new, and um, so it should be interesting. And I don't know if this may be uh, created in two parts, I'm not even sure. And I didn't know if this would like, so, so I, I don't know. So, this is a like a couple days in the bay. And the idea of this one is maybe to find some, I wouldn't say they're underrated gems where you live or where I live in this example, but a couple like half-day uh, adventures you could go on. Now, now, I guess if you were coming to the Bay Area, if you live in the Bay Area, this, these should, this should be on your list or whatever I talk about in this episode. Say, hey, add this to your list. But the reason it's good to sleep to is it won't be anything exciting. And if you were coming from out of town to visit, um, probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't like, wouldn't necessarily need to do this unless it's like your fifth time coming to the Bay Area for a visit. So I don't know if that's, uh, what do they call that? Lurism? Like a local tour? Like, uh, because it's not really a staycation because it's just a day trip. Stuff to do, I guess they'd call it. And I want to encourage you to do this uh, because one, uh, it's it. Uh, I just like it's something I fall in and out of. The more I fall into a routine, the less likely I am to go on local adventures, and then I have to kind of respark that for some reason. And it always in my mind seems more difficult than it necessarily is. Don't know why, but. Uh, it just is. So it's something I, I'm uh, working towards uh, changing. And uh, so I'd like to take you along on this day trip here uh, where we'll be going out to uh, Antioch, Pittsburgh, and Walnut Creek. We will be eating at a chain restaurant. And I don't know how many historical facts I have. I can look some up on Wikipedia, I'm sure. But let's take the journey uh, let me look on a map, actually, of, of some of the places we'll journey, because that's a part of it, you know. So if you're in the Bay, what you first want to do is, uh, depending on where you are in the Bay, is you want to get to 680 North. Uh, so for those of us, those of you in San Francisco or the peninsula, well, if you're, depending on where you are in the peninsula, it'll be different. Uh, but if you're, um, in the East, in, in the, in the Oakland, Berkeley, East, the, the East Bay or San Francisco, you're going to take 24 and you're going to connect with 680. And uh, you'll take 680 North. Now, this is where it gets confusing. It got confusing for me is that there's a road called 242, which I think is also 680. I don't know. And you're going to take 242 North, uh, where 680 splits off and heads uh, northwest. You're going to take 242, which heads north, uh, north, and or a tiny bit northeast. And by this time, on 680 and 24, you'll be passing through Walnut Creek, Pleasant Hill, Concord. And then you'll get out there uh, and you'll hit, uh, I don't know, what is it we hit here? Like, don't worry, I got a map thing open. So oh, four. Though you could take Willow Pass Road. I did, we did not take it. I was just following the directions that were given to me. 
and here's the thing this this part is uh all you could you could take bart for for some of this not all of it uh so i can't give you advice uh uh, for all of it, but this is pretty cool. If you, you haven't been out, out here, you get to start to see uh, some things you haven't seen before, and uh, you'll see some industry, you'll see those rolling hills I talked about, you'll see Mount Diablo at some point, and then you'll start heading east on 4, and you'll be to your uh, left will be Sassoon Bay, and uh, what is that called? The Delta, right? That's what they call that, the uh, Sacramento Delta. I think that's what they call it. And we'll start proceeding through. Um, you'll start heading west. And you, you, as you see the hills, you'll see some open areas. And some open areas that may become housing soon that used to be U.S. property. And you'll keep you'll eventually pass Willow Pass Road. We saw what we couldn't tell honestly if it was a school or a movie theater under construction. Uh, pretty close to Willow Pass Road, I think. Uh, but it may have been further along. You'll get you do a little bit of an elevation gain before you come back down. And again, yeah, you'll see the um, I guess it is what is this where the Sacramento River meets uh. Um, oh, the San Joaquin River, is that what it is, Scoots? I don't really know. They're stocked in Rio Vista. That is the San Joaquin River. I'm I'm trying to figure, I'm trying, I'm working with you. Don't worry, buddy. Sacramento, the deep water ship channel. So there is a way for ships to actually get to, um... Stockton, I believe, and uh, Sacramento uh, through this delta. But I, I don't know. Other than that, the answers are not coming. San Francisco Bay, Estuary, Research, Grizzly. I'm just looking at a map uh, here. But anyway, you're going to continue heading east. Uh, you'll pass uh, like uh, Pittsburgh, Bay Point, then Pittsburgh, and eventually get to Antioch, or before you get to Antioch, so between Pittsburgh and Antioch is where we'll stop. But first, I want to say, I think I drove, I think I took Highway 4 one time as an experiment all the way to Stockton. So let me see if that's possible. Oh, yeah, it connects with Vasco Road, too. Well, that's interesting. Let me see if I took it all the way there. Just one time I had to do something out in Antioch or Pittsburgh, and then I had to go to Stockton, I think. And yeah, I did take it all the way to Stockton. I don't know if it's necessarily the most, uh, oh yeah, because there's Discovery Bay. I think I've been out there once or twice. That's pretty far out. Byron, yeah, these are all exurbs. Uh, Brentwood, not the Brentwood in Los Angeles. This is a Bay Area version, of, I mean a Bay Area Brentwood uh but there's a lot of cool parks out there. We're still in the um, East Bay Parks District or for some of this. And I was even looking, there's like, this big break regional shoreline sounds pretty cool. San Joaquin River and, uh, oh, the Sacramento River and the San Joaquin River. Yeah, enter this uh, this delta or whatever you want to call it This uh, that goes into the bay. 
So this is probably, this water is probably goes, is like, what do you call it, briny? Like where they go from salt to, uh, so where the fresh water meets the salt water at some point. San Pablo Bay. But yeah, so at one point I did take Highway 4 all the way to Stockton. It was uh, not efficient. I, I don't know if I thought it would save me time or I just wanted to see if I could do it, but I did do it. Oh, there's an Antioch water park. I uh, never heard of that uh, at the Antioch Com- Community Center. So it looks like their community pool. Okay, but where we're getting off here for now is, let me find my thing here. Where do we get off? Uh, Summersville Road. Uh, and it's a big intersection on Highway 4. And it looks like it isn't officially in Antioch, but right in the middle of Antioch and Pittsburgh. And we're going to head south, uh, west, I guess. So you're basically going to go right on Somerville Road. And you're going to take Somerville Road. Oh, but this is imaginary. So ahead of time, what you're going to want to do is go to the East Bay Parks website. Because our first uh, stop, or our main stop, or, no, our first stop is uh, Black Diamond Mines Regional Preserve Park. Uh, and that is technically in Antioch, 94509. And uh, so it's at the end of Somerville Road. But you do want to make a reservation ahead of time for one of three. There's three different tours you can go on. Uh, there's the... Uh, there's a there there are different uh, places where um, trying to think of what's most sleepy. Some of the stuff's not. It's not. There's nothing not sleepy about what we're gonna do. But for some people, it could be archetypally not sleepy. Um, but let me go to Wikipedia and I'll read to you about it. But you want to make a reserve for one of the tours. Uh, I guess we'd use is is a. Uh, it calls it the Black Diamond Mines. I think that's because at some point they mined coal there, and then they mined a silica or sand there. And according to Wikipedia, the Black Diamond Mines Regional Preserve is a 6,000-acre park uh, north of Mount Diablo, Contra Costa County, administered by the East Bay Parks uh, Dis- Regional Park District. And it was acquired in uh, 1973, relics of three mining towns, former coal and sand mines, and offers a guided tour of the former sand mine. But you can also go on a tour that's uh, based on history or just the coal mining tour, which we did, which is a short tour. Like, And one of the reasons we did it is, one, i never been there. I Personally, I love being inside the earth. And like, like I have full, like places that say you can have our full confidence. Uh, so that for this example, they said, you have our full confidence. Come on inside our earth here. So getting a tour of that kind of stuff, but this was always something that just seemed a little bit too far. So the drive is about, um, I don't know how long the drive is. Let's actually look it up. Uh, I know we had the map up here. What are directions? How long would you like, uh. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like from the East Bay, from 24, once you hit 24, if there's no traffic, you're talking about 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Um, okay, so let's go back. Uh, 60 mile, the uh, 
Preserve contains relics. We covered that. Offers guided tours. There's trails, 60 miles of trails in the preserves of rolling foothill terrain covered with grassland, oak woodland, mixed evergreen forests, and shroparol or whatever, however you say that. I don't know. I'm not kidding. Sherpal, and we'll talk about that. Uh, oh, Wikipedia has some really nice pictures. Uh, and historically, like we'll cover it a little bit just because, you know, why not? Uh, 1859, there was a coal deposit discovered. And it wasn't successful at first, uh, but then things were growing rapidly because it was part of the overall Mount Diablo coal field. And uh, so there's some left, like some of that there. Uh, There was towns there, Nortonville, Somerville, Stewartville, West Hartley, and Judsonville. And you can kind of see one of them because it's on private property or two of them. Uh, The mines, uh, they're Empire, Central Star, Corcoran, Pittsburgh, Manhattan, Eureka, Independent Union, and, and Black Diamond, Mount Hope, and Cumberland. Now, the thing about the cold is that they told us this on the two two or two. It was uh, low grade because of its age. It wasn't as old as other coal deposits discovered elsewhere. So it didn't burn very clean. It was sub a bit ominous or something. But it was like the only source of uh, readily accessible source in California. And uh, it was carried to the uh, San Joaquin River by three railroads and then put on barges for Sacramento, Stockton, and San Francisco area stuff. Uh, And then as better quality coal became available and easier to ship, uh, they said, okay, that's not great. and you can't really go on any tours of the actual coal mines, though we got a little bit of a view of one, or maybe it's a sand mine that they said this is what it was like if it was a coal mine, but we went on a coal mining tour. Uh, and you can look in different other ones. Uh, it's a really nice park. Uh, there's also other historical areas, including where people um, are resting uh, for a long time. And then there's the sandstone mine. This is the 1920s. Uh, and this, the interesting thing about the tour, too, is it said, hey, like a lot of the stuff you use, like glass, for example, it comes from somewhere like this. Uh, so it's good for my daughter and I to see it together. And actually, we live pretty close to the plant uh, that's still open, I think. Uh, in the 1920s, uh, high-quality silica sandstone uh, they started, uh, taking that out of Somersville area and that was sold to the Hazel Atlas is what it's called now. And for containers, uh, and that was operated till 1945. There was another one in Nortonville and uh, that Hazel Atlas is slowly being, uh, restored and maintained. Uh, and I'd like to go on that for a tour. And you can go into, there's like a portal, they call it, uh, and that's where their visitor center is, uh, which is really, really cool in the museum. Let's see. Recreation, you got great views uh, of the Mount Diablo and the River Delta. A lot of wildflowers, uh, uh, wildlife. Uh, we saw some birds. Uh, 
and the park is open year-round. 2016, they someone else donated some more land to it. Uh, so I think that's it for the history. Let's cover that, sh- sh- however you say that word, uh, because we went on a hike. Okay, so let me tell you, like, give you more directions, and we'll go to more facts. Uh, so we drove up Somerville Road. Then you go, you enter the park, and then you go on a winding road. Now go slow, because there's people doing biking up and down the hill. And you do a slow elevation gain going up the hill there. And uh, then you park, and there are... um. Now, you do have to, like, uh, go to the visitor centers a, a bit uh, away, I don't know, like a quarter mile maybe, from the parking. So make sure you have screen, sunscreen, water, a hat, uh, maybe some, you know, the, the kind of stuff you'd bring on a hike. Uh, and it could be pretty warm out there. The day we went, it was not. It was windy, and it was, the sun was out, but it was not warm. It was not hot. And so we used, well, I, I drank two Coke Zeros, so I used the uh, the uh, the PIT, a pit-based water water closet. Uh, and then we headed up towards the visitor center. We checked in. We were early. We watched a film from Bay, like an old episode of Bay Area Backroads uh, covering the mine and the surrounding park. Uh and looked at some of the exhibits. Then we went for a hike on a trail. I think it was called Chaparral. 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 That's according to Wikipedia. And I think that was the name of the trail we went on, a loop. It was pretty cool because it went by a couple of historical places. Now, the only thing was we had about a half hour and it was a really nice hike, uh, but then it was a loop, but I don't think we knew how long the loop was. So then we started getting under a time crunch, and you know when Scoots gets under a time crunch. So the first part of the loop that we went on went uphill, and the second one went downhill. But this is sh- chaparral, 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 that makes sense. I mean, I'm, remember, I'm dyslexic, so this stuff, when it's not a sight word and it's very confusing like this, it is really not easy for me. But it's a shrubland plant community. And I think these are the ones, I, I'm more familiar with seeing them a lot in Los Angeles and like the Angeles National Forest. Uh, but you can find them in California, Southern Oregon, Baja Peninsula. It uh, needs a Mediterranean climate uh, and uh, stuff to kind of uh, give it area. It's uh, the summer drought, drought tolerant plants, uh, evergreen leaves. Uh, which is different than coastal sta- sage scrub, which is found on other drier slopes uh, within their biome. And there's other closely related troubling systems in Arizona and Texas. Uh, but yeah, Cal- these ones, they need, uh, you could see them, yeah. And then it's, uh, let's see. Mature chaparral uh, is characterized by impenetrable, dense thickets, and uh, they do grow get dry. So you got to watch. You know, you got to take care. Uh, they grow as woody shrubs with thick, leathery, often small leaves. Uh, they contain uh, leaves all year. They're evergreen and drought resistant. Uh, 
and they can, uh, uh, they do flower occasionally uh, when it, after the first rain. Uh, let's see, I think he's the one so with the, um, the red bark. I don't know. That's what I, I mean. I, I would have thought that would have left, led with that. Uh, so maybe I'm talking about two different plants. Uh, maybe that's manzanita. I don't know. I guess we got to look up manzanita now just to cover me. Because I'm not seeing the bark, uh, and the bark, oh no, there you go. Oh, manzanita, there we go. Oh boy. So I didn't know, I don't know my chaparral from, chaparral from, uh, my manzanita, which I mean, I guess is not, uh, is not, uh, you know, surprising. Let's see. So manzanita is another evergreen shrub. Uh, it goes, it go, gr- grows in the chaparral, ch- chaparral biome. So maybe, maybe manzanita is a type of chaparral. So we could have gone on the manzanita loop or the chaparral loop. Uh, manzanitas can live in places with poor soil, little water, smooth orange or red bark. There you go. And stiff twisting branches. Uh, there's 105 species of manzanita. Uh, 95 of which are found in the Mediterranean climate or colder regions. Uh, and they can grow up to 20 feet tall. They bloom in the winter to early spring. They do have berries and flowers. Uh, and uh, it's like uh, it's translated uh, to little apple. And they're, uh, I don't know, they're really cool looking plant trees or bushes or plants. Uh, so if you haven't seen a manzanita and you're not on a tour with someone that doesn't know his manzanita from his shrapnel, uh, uh, you know, do yourself a favor and check it out. Uh, but, um, so that's one thing. I mean, that's one. So that's, so we went on the hike, right? Uh, through manzanita, through chaparral, looked at different stuff. There was sandstone. There was other stuff. There was other people hiking. It was a beautiful day. And again, it was just nice to be out. And even for where I live in the East Bay, it's a different environment, even though it was only 45 minutes away. It's a hotter, drier climate out there. And it's cool to be out there because it doesn't get as much of the bay coastal fog as we do. And so we had a nice little hike, but, it, you know, it did get tense as the time was clicking down because we had gone too far to go back the way we came. Well, it was like a gamble I took. He said, well, if this is a loop, uh, and it's not known, it wasn't like a known, it didn't seem like it was an intense hiking. I was like, we should be able to complete the loop. Uh, so it was my fault, my responsibility, too. But we completed the loop literally with like one or two minutes to spare before the tour began. But then people showed up to the tour late anyway. And then we went on a nice tour. Uh, we got to see some, they, like these East Bay Park tours are really well done. Um, they had like uh, photos. They had a piece of coal. There was also larger photos and murals on the walls that we stopped and looked at. There was historical exhibits, so we kind of got an idea of what it was like in, for this tour to take coal out of the area and the process of doing that and the uses. And then a brief touch on the, the history, uh, specifically in the history of these towns that would spring up and then move on to the next uh, coal town. 
So it was nice uh, and uh, really well done to a really nice thing. I highly recommend it. Again, if you live in the Bay Area or the East Bay, you may have gone on. Did I talk? No, I I guess I went on a tangent before I finished this tangent. Uh, So this is something I'd always wanted to do. And then my daughter, she was supposed to, they like the, that's a big school field trip. That's what my point I was trying to make, uh, that you go on and her, but her school field trip did not like the day of the field trip. She was not feeling well. So she didn't go on the field trip. I think it was in fourth or fifth grade. So she never made it, uh, on this tour. And I think there was one other time I had scheduled the tour or paid for it. It's uh three to $5, uh, and then we couldn't make it. So this has, like, been something that has been on my bucket list. I think, that like, and it sounded way more work than it was to drive, I don't know, just to reserve something to drive out there. I don't know if you could relate, but to me, that's, like, that's too much for me to handle. So, you know, that's just, you know, that's me. That's who I am. So um, then, what was, so what was my point? I don't know. I have no idea what my point was. Uh I don't know. Uh, oh, oh! So, so it's finally something we got to do. So it's cool and 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 well worth it. But one day I'd like to go on the Hazel Mine tour, but probably not for a while, just because I just was there, and maybe do some more hiking because there's a lot to see. And my daughter didn't have the best shoes, and she's not big into um, hiking. She she I mean she enjoyed the hike we went on. Also, you know, I prefer hikes with, you know, mountain streams that we can jump in, just like, you know, who doesn't? Okay, so we got, we did that, right? Uh, we've recovered. We're, we got that covered, right? So we, we did that. Uh, then, like, the next stop was lunch for us. Now, again, to some of you, this is going to seem uh, strange, but I'll get, I'll explain it. But we, we don't live in an area like, uh, I think this is like everybody. When I first moved to California, I remember the first time I ate at Jack in the Box, it was a big privilege because uh, we just didn't have Jack in the Boxes on the East Coast. And I don't know if there's any other ones that jump out to me. I mean, in and out, or in and out but in and out wasn't as big back then. So I think we actually had to drive to Downey from where I lived in L.A. to get to an In-N-Out. Um, but so... Uh, but so for some of you, you have Sonic, which has ads on TV all the time. Sonic Burger is what it's called. But there's no urban Sonic Sonics where we live. And so to go to Sonic is an adventure for us uh, and a rarity. And it was something we did twice uh, during the pandemic or maybe only once. I think we did it twice where it was like... Uh, during 2020 and 2021, like, uh, like just going to, to get takeout, uh, uh, or whatever was a big deal. Like it was, that was a adventure because you were and it would, it, 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 now it's a drive. It's kind of like old fashioned, no roller skates anymore, but particularly during 2020 and 2021, it was perfect because they bring it to your car. And then you eat in your car anyway, and you order from your car, and your par- car's parked in, like, an overhang. And so it was a treat, because they're famous for their limeade. I did not get the limeade. My daughter got diet limeade, and she said it was really good. I think I tasted it. I had Coke Zero. 
And I had a, a hamburger. It was really good. We got their mozzarella sticks were very good. My daughter got a, a chili cheese dog. She said it was good. They, they have tater tots and fries, curly fries. I think curly fries. Um, and then we got um, very similar to other places. I think they call them blasts there, like a blizzard flurry blast. Uh, I had Butterfinger, and my daughter had uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And that was all very good, and it was enjoyable. Um, and, yeah, it was nice. So we sat in the car. And uh, we we sat in the car and enjoyed our meal. It was really nice. Um, so let's see. We got, uh, let's see, what else is going on? Um, so we did that. Now, we didn't finish our Butterfinger, our blasts, uh, because, uh, no, so, so, oh, so, yeah, I guess that's all the explanation. It was just a treat for us because we never ate there. And it was a Saturday, and that's the day I kind of let loose on how I'm, you know, I like whatever. It, it was a nice treat. But then we kind of enjoyed our blasts as we drove, um, and we had one more stop. Uh, and it was really amazing. It was in Walnut Creek. I had accidentally found this place when I was on a walk, and I was so happy to discover it was still in business uh, because Walnut Creek, downtown Walnut Creek, is where the co-working space that I use during the week is when my daughter's at school. And when I first, especially when I first went there, uh, I would go out for a lot of walks. Uh, I would take a break, and I would go for a walk because uh, I was not familiar with Walnut Creek. I'm still not totally familiar with it. And, you know, I didn't know if we would move to that area, that general area or not. Uh, and I knew I'd be spending a lot of time there. So I was going for a lot of walks. And at one point I went for a walk. And I was in an unfamiliar area, not far from where my co-working space was. But there was like a path going through like apartments or condos. But it seemed like a public path. And so I went through that path, like, you know, when condos are built around a common green type thing without parking. So it was very nice going through the heart of these condos or apartments. And then I went through another, uh, I think, another set, another little path. And actually, even though it was a weekday, there was a couple of people enjoying the park or the common green. And then it kind of dumped me out on a street, uh, which was weird. But I said, okay. And I said, should I go left or right? And I said, oh, I guess I'll go left. Uh and I turned left on the street in, in a parking lot. Uh, and this was kind of like a, a kind of suburb type street. I think there was, yeah, like a piano, like piano lesson place, uh, nail shop, uh, insurance office, a couple takeout restaurants, independent ones. And, but in the back parking lot was, uh, a seemingly somewhat homemade, putt-putt course like in the parking lot so no theming on the course and 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 uh like a homemade one and i mean i don't mean homemade in an insulting way in this case because i, I said huh that's cool we'll have to i hope that like and i think maybe it was even open i'm not even sure but i just kind of glanced at it and i think i googled it and then more recently i said you know what i want to go back there let me google and see if it's still around and we did did and it's it's called putter's putt putt i hope it's still open when you're even listening to this if you're in the bay and we went there not only did they have 18 holes i think they had 22 holes and and they were like uh like uh, this person i don't know if the person who we paid was the person who built the course uh and that it seems like they're kind of like a 
a fun scientist of mini golf. So it's like there, like it was such a wonderful thing to see. Like, uh, like there was no, uh, I mean, it, it would be difficult to, at this point to take it apart and move it. Uh, but like, it seemed like they're still going to be adding on even more holes. A lot of the holes were very inventive. The price was amazing. Like I said, there wasn't, they said, uh, yeah, there's 22 holes or 21 holes, just so you know. And, like, uh, it was just really, really fun. Now, if you go to, like, in a more expensive, you know, built-in uh, mini golf place, uh, you know, there's more theming and stuff. But this was about the golf. And for me and my daughter, about the competition because uh, we're about evenly matched. Uh, and so we really enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, hopefully, I think on the next update here, I'll update you with another mini golf trip because i guess that's kind of like uh part of the adventures we're going on so scoots will be back in a little bit here with another update everybody scoots here back with another bay bay afternoon now for this one we're going right to san francisco and you could walk it. You, I, I probably suggested walking it, uh, taking public transit, uh, but you could drive. But how you get there is not important as getting there. And, and you could plan an afternoon. You could probably plan a morning. You could plan a whole day and a whole evening. Uh, and this is the area, I don't know what it's actually called. It's uh, like I call, I would call it South Market, but I know I'm wrong. Oh, Mission Bay. Is that what it's called? Yeah, let's see here. Old Wikipedia. Uh, I just looked it up. In Mission Bay, San Francisco. It's a 303-acre neighborhood, according to Wikipedia. It's bordered by China Basin and the Dog Patch, which uh, I think we did. you will be going into China Basin as well, and San Francisco Bay to the east, originally an industrial district. It uh, redeveloped uh, with UCSF uh, Mission Bay Campus and the Chase Center. Its location, as we said, is, uh, let's see, the history. It was uh, it used to be a salt marsh and lagoon. Uh, then it was uh, where refuge from building projects was placed, uh, then debris. Uh, then the marsh quickly stabilized with the weight of the infill, then became an industrial district. Was used for shipbuilding and repair and other things. Uh, believe it or not, you could pass by the where uh, Jack London was born. I don't know if that's in here because that might be in China Basin. Attractions, it has UCSF. Uh, uh, let's see, the headquarters of... Uh, that was, yeah, interesting, of uh, Old Navy and the Gap. Uh, the northern terminus of Third Street Light Rail Project and the northern tel- t- terminus at Caltrain. So you could take the train there from a lot of places. Uh, uh, there's a, a public library, so I'm going to have to make multiple trips here. What else we got here? The San Francisco Bay Trail, the Blue Greenway Waterfront Trail. So these are things I didn't check out, but I highly suggest them. Sinking Sidewalk. So I'll be going back here. It's also served by the Enjuda and the T3rd Street lines of the Metro. 
And uh, it's adjacent to South Beach, which maybe is where Oracle Park is. So I may not have been. I may have been in South Beach. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but Mission Bay is, uh, well, I could see some U- UCSF uh, UCSF stuff, but uh, whatever. Um, so anyway, what was my point? Uh, my point is that you should go check it out because... Uh, it uh it's uh like a nice area those all those areas so basically let me see if you're not from san francisco like you could between the neighborhoods that are south of market i believe is what the area is called so you got china basin 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 mission bay south beach i guess and you could go to you could you could even go if you really like a walker like I am you could walk you could go walk from the ferry building under the bridge along the Embarcadero and the waterfront maybe stop at uh, there's two favorite famous burger places on the water there's also the Delancey Street Cafe and then you could keep walking you could check out the Giants Stadium you could go to a game there you could watch it from the outside. Uh, when we happened to go, it was a, a big sporting night. Now we went early uh, because of this, so the, so it was very it was bustling. What a great you know, and I love you know what I love is a bustling area when I'm in a good mood, and I happen to be in a good mood. So I was prepared for some bustling. So we saw the Giants were playing the Dodgers that night. Uh, and so we saw a lot of giant and Dodger fans. Uh, be, you know, being friendly and loving towards one another. Mostly people were getting ready to go to dinner or to a pub or whatever because it was like round dinner. It wasn't, uh, I think it was about three hours before the game. And then also you saw a lot of people in Dubs jerseys, the San Francisco Warriors or the Golden State Warriors, I guess. And they were going to Chase Center. Now, there wasn't a game at Chase Center, but you could watch one of the NBA final games from within Chase Center or outside of it. Uh, now, this was not on our plan. Also, just because I love walking, my guest, who is my daughter, she does not love walking anymore because, you know, it's like, one of, like what a way to have your child rebel against you not liking walking anymore. But, I, you know, I probably walked her too much. So I, I guess if you're going to rebel, I say, okay, well, at least you'll do stuff. You just won't walk as much. Uh, so I couldn't really get her to do a lot of these walking trails. But w- what she would do is walk 18 holes of miniature golf with me. But what I'm saying is there's a lot to look at. If you're into um, adult you know, beer and stuff, there's a lot of places to go have a drink. Uh, there's also a lot of places to eat, which is part of what we're doing. And so um, we're going to the Stagecoach Greens, which is a mini golf place uh, within this area of San Francisco uh, called, uh, let me look up. Well, the mini golf place is called Stagecoach, Stagecoach Greens. Uh, but there's also, it's adjacent to this food truck park called Spark Social. And so it's really cool because it has, it's a, and especially if you're like, uh, again, you're, they had a bunch of places to get, uh, not like adult drinks, soda drinks, there's soda stuff, you know. And so there's like two blocks of food trucks, plenty of seating, and there was plenty of shade. 
And uh, so we got there. We had made a reservation. Here's one thing. If you're going to play at Stagecoach Greens, make a reservation. I think you have to in order to, like, you make a tea time and you pay for your ticket ahead of time. And we had that. We were actually early, surprise, surprise, when you're with Scoots. And so they said, you're early, and we got a large party in front of you. So can you come back at your tea time? And it happened that my daughter was a little bit hungry, so we got uh, some fries and a lemonade from a stand. And I'll say the fries were really good. The lemonade was not good. It was a little bit of a disappointment. It was, a, you know, it was, a, it was over $3.00. And, uh, I'd be honest, it wasn't even worth a dollar. Like, uh, so that was a little bit of a frustration, but you know, not the end of the world cause we needed our liquid. So, but the fries were excellent. Holy mackerel were these good fries. So that kind of made up for, they were from the same truck. And then we proceeded to play, uh, some golf at Stagecoach Greens, which is, um, it's a well-themed course. Uh, it, uh. Now, if you're, it, it is, it is, uh, wouldn't say it was super challenging. And, you know, I'm, I'm just getting it, you know, this is only a say, you know, this is like, I'm not really good at mini golf, uh, but it was fun. And I'll just run through, there's 18 holes. It was very busy. So you had to have, we packed our patients and we used it. Uh, and we just, just uh, even with the reservations, there was, it was after work on a, a Friday night, I think. And so there's a lot of going on. So I, I would recommend going in off hours, like on a weekday during the day or something. But let's see. So you had the Rocking Stone, a Barbary Coast Saloon. That's a hole one and two. Immigrant Trail, which was a mountain. Stagecoach Wheel. Sierra Mining Tunnels. uh a uh, gold rush place where people rest, uh, then a gold cart, then the railroad joining the nation, Mission Bay Shipyard. Alpha in the Air was funny. It was like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but with skyscrapers. Each hole also had a little history panel, which was cool, and a sound effect. Uh, so those two things were nice uh, also to experience, in my opinion. Sutro Fog, that was a really nice hole. Splash splash Hit, that's uh, for the giant stadium. A Walk in the Woods was uh, Golden Gate Park. Uh, I felt that was, uh, what's that, uh, Fuller House House uh, or a Victorian Ocean Beach Bonfire. Spirit of Invention. Dragon's Gate and Eureka. And so there were nice holes. It was a nice golf course. It was outside, I mean, which, again, is a rarity in San Francisco. I think this is the only outdoor mini golf course. Uh, seems to be independently operated. I think they have, may have, maybe they have one other course in Denver. I can't remember. I thought that came up. Uh, a little, you know, San Francisco prices, so prepare yourself. You got to pay ahead of time anyway. And very busy, but we had fun. Um, let's see. I did have uh, three hole in ones, which for me is pretty rare. So, I mean, I probably got, I think on the second hole, it was, it was a nice shot. Uh, that was uh, straight down the middle. It wasn't a trick shot. You just had to go under something so you couldn't see the hole, but you could tell where it was. 
on hole four. That was a uh, that was a result of a mulligan. I'll be honest. Uh, and then I got a fourteen. Oh, so fourteen was a hole in what you? Yeah, so fourteen and four. Those. So I only had actually one hole in one because the other two were. You could, we each get a mulligan on the front nine and the back nine. And while I don't note it, I did remember that that is where I got my, what was my worst hole? Great question. Uh, Hole six, I maxed out at uh, hole six. Uh, Oh, that was, uh, yeah, that was just a long hole. Uh, That was a gold rush place where people rest uh, to the big farm. Um, And I think it was just a matter of, I think I also missed uh, two close putts. So it's probably, I had a three, I was going for a three and then missed the three. Then I missed the four. And I do remember that was like, I told my daughter, I'm like, okay, this kind of puts us close to even again, which it did at the, at the, um, wow. I think we tied the back the front half. I was only up by one stroke and then we tied on the, um, back half. Uh, so I actually had a victory. That's rare. Usually I come in third because I get frustrated, you know. So we finished up mini golf. Uh, then we, you know, we used the facilities. Uh, and then we headed to this, like, uh, the larger part of Spark uh, Social. Is that what it was called? Um, oh, this, uh, there, yeah, the couple of retired mini golf fanatics. This is from sfeater.com. Are the visionaries behind Stagecoach Green? greens and uh yeah it follows the uh the theme of uh, boom and bust uh they had different fabricators work on them and uh so then the food cat food trucks uh so there was uh, food trucks there's five food trucks from park labs which is the one that runs the food trucks and uh spark social uh, that were at Stagecoach Greens. And, you know, they just had a bad day on the lemonade. Let me just say that. Uh, but then you could go one more block down to the whole Spark Social, which I was talking about, and eat, you know, from a multitude of places or drink from a multitude of places and sit down. And it was, again, bustling, but not overpacked. It was busy, but not too busy. And there was a couple of the big name. We we decided uh, my daughter wanted um, a case of beer, which I think I talked about recently. With a you know, there's a difference between beer, like beer is kind of stewed meat, in uh, case of beer, which is beer stewed meat, uh, usually in this case of beef, uh, but it's cooked in this consume. So we got to consume. And it's cooked in consomme. I don't know. It's tough to describe. You'll have to look it up. So my, we hadn't had case of beer in a while, but it really worked out because so my, we got two case of beer tacos or two case of beer. I think that's just what you call it, just case of beer, which is basically you take the beer with cheese um, and then on the griddle, they cook the tortilla and then they use the, you know, melt the cheese, heat up the beef. Uh, and they, they do that in the, in some consomme, which has this, uh, some of the chilies and stuff. Uh, 
So it, it kind of crisps it up and melts the cheese, a lot of cheese, if you're a big fan of cheesy stuff. So we had two of those, one each, with a consomme, which I think comes for came included. I don't know. I don't remember paying extra for it. Some places charge extra for a side of consomme. But so we got that, and then I got a pizza from a pizza place. And I got to tell you, like, uh, the people at the pizza place, they were went above and beyond with their service. The case of beer place was great, too. But they were just really friendly and really on top of it. And they were out of napkins. They said, hey, you're out of napkins. They took care of that really quick. And the pizza was really good. It was like a, you know, one of those uh, smaller personal size. But here's where it really worked out. So then... We ate the quesabira, kept the consomme, then I went and got the pizza. I also picked up a root beer for myself uh, and uh, a LaCroix. And I don't know what my daughter had to drink. But, uh, and then um, uh, we took the pizza and dipped it in the consomme. And I'll tell you what, if you have a side of consomme with any, this was a like a meat pizza, so it had sausage, uh, pepperoni, and salami. First, we tried the crust, but then even dipping the pizza in itself in the consomme was unbelievable. And it was just great to be around, you know, like outdoors. It was bustling. People were enjoying themselves. A lot of people, like, enjoying their post-work happy hour kind of situation. And then tons of jerseys because people were going there before the uh, Dubs game and before the Giants game. And really enjoyable, really pleasurable evening. So that's another one you could do as a lunch you could do it as a dinner. I don't know about a breakfast. I don't, probably not, but maybe for a brunch. And you could do a lot of walking, or you could go to one of the, see a sporting event, or you could just play some mini golf. So that's another day in the bay from Scoots to you. Good night, everybody.